Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Plato's Dialogue, Gorgias, Part 1 Scene, The House of Callicles The wise man, as the proverb says, is late for a fray, but not for a feast, said Callicles. And are we late for a feast? said Socrates. Yes, and a delightful feast, for Gorgias has just been exhibiting to us many fine things. It is not my fault, Callicles. Our friend Chirophon is to blame, for he would keep us loitering in the Agora. Never mind, Socrates, said Chirophon. The misfortune of which I have been the cause I will also repair, for Gorgias is a friend of mine, and I will make him give the exhibition again either now, or if you prefer, at some other time. What's the matter, Chirophon? said Callicles. Does Socrates want to hear Gorgias? Yes. That was our intention in coming, said Chirophon. Come into my house, then, for Gorgias is staying with me, and he shall exhibit to you. Very good, Callicles, replied Socrates, but will he answer our questions? For I want to hear from him what is the nature of his art, and what it is which he professes and teaches. He may, as you suggest, defer the exhibition to some other time. There is nothing like asking him, Socrates, said Callicles, and indeed to answer questions is part of his exhibition, for he was saying only just now that anyone in my house might put any question to him, and that he would answer. Ah, how fortunate, said Socrates. Will you ask him, Chirophon? What shall I ask him? Ask him who he is. What do you mean? I mean such a question as would elicit from him. If he had been a maker of shoes, the answer that he is a cobbler. Do you understand? I understand, and will ask him. Tell me, Gorgias, is our friend Callicles right in saying that you undertake to answer any questions which you are asked? Quite right, Chirophon, said Gorgias. I was saying as much only just now, and I may add that many years have elapsed since anyone has asked me a new one. Then you must be very ready, Gorgias, said Chirophon. Of that, Chirophon, you can make trial, said Gorgias. Yes, indeed, and if you like, Chirophon, said Polus, you may make trial of me, too. For I think that Gorgias, who has been talking a long time, is tired. And do you, Polus, Chirophon said, think that you can answer better than Gorgias? What does that matter if I answer well enough for you, replied Polus. Not at all, said Chirophon, and you shall answer if you like. Ask. My question, said Chirophon, is this. If Gorgias had the skill of his brother Herodicus, what ought we to call him? Ought he not to have the name which is given to his brother? Certainly, said Polus. Then we should be right in calling him a physician? Yes. And if he had the skill of Aristophon, the son of Aglaophon, or of his brother Polygnotus, what ought we to call him? Clearly, said Polus, a painter. But now, what shall we call him, said Chirophon? What is the art in which he is skilled? Oh, Chirophon, replied Polus, there are many arts among mankind which are experimental, and have their origin in experience. For experience makes the days of men to proceed according to art. 
and inexperience according to chance, and different persons in different ways are proficient in different arts, and the best persons in the best arts, and our friend Gorgias is one of the best, and the art in which he is a proficient is the noblest. Polis has been taught how to make a capital speech, Gorgias, said Socrates, but he is not fulfilling the promise which he made to Chirophon. What do you mean, Socrates? asked Gorgias. I mean that he has not exactly answered the question which he was asked. Then why not ask him yourself? But I would much rather ask you, Socrates replied to Gorgias, if you are disposed to answer. For I see, from the few words which Polis has uttered, that he has attended more to the art which is called rhetoric than to dialectic. What makes you say so, Socrates? replied Polis. Because, Polis, when Chirophon asked you what was the art which Gorgias knows, you praised it as if you were answering someone who found fault with it, but you never said what the art was. Why? Did I not say that it was the noblest of arts? Yes, indeed, but that was no answer to the question. Nobody asked what was the quality, but what was the nature of the art, and by what name we were to describe Gorgias. And I would still beg you briefly and clearly, as you answered Chirophon when he asked you at first, to say what this art is, and what we ought to call Gorgias. Or rather, Gorgias, let me turn to you and ask the same question. What are we to call you, and what is the art which you profess? Rhetoric, Socrates, is my art, replied Gorgias. Then I am to call you a rhetorician? Yes, Socrates, and a good one, too, if you would call me that which, in Homeric language, quote, I boast myself to be. I should wish to do so, replied Socrates. Then pray do. And are we to say that you are able to make other men rhetoricians? Yes. That is exactly what I profess to make them, not only at Athens, but in all places. And will you continue to ask and answer questions, Gorgias, as we are at present doing, and reserve for another occasion the longer mode of speech which Polis was attempting? Will you keep your promise, and answer shortly the questions which are asked of you, replied Socrates? Some answers, Socrates, are of necessity longer but I will do my best to make them as short as possible, for a part of my profession is that I can be as short as anyone. That is what is wanted, Gorgias. Exhibit the shorter method now, and the longer one at some other time. Well, I will, and you will certainly say that you have never heard a man use fewer words. Very good, then. As you profess to be a rhetorician, and a maker of rhetoricians, let me ask you, with what is rhetoric concerned? I might ask, with what is weaving concerned, and you would reply, would you not, with the making of garments? Yes. And music is concerned with the composition of melodies. It is? By Hera, Gorgias, I admire the surpassing brevity of your answers. Yes, Socrates, I do think myself good at that. I am glad to hear it. Answer me in like manner about rhetoric. With what is rhetoric concerned? With discourse. What sort of discourse, Gorgias? Such discourse as would teach the sick under what treatment they might get well? No. 
then rhetoric does not treat of all kinds of discourse? Certainly not. And yet rhetoric makes men able to speak. Yes. And to understand that about which they speak? Of course. But does not the art of medicine, which we were just now mentioning, also make men able to understand and speak about the sick? Certainly. Then medicine also treats of discourse? Yes. Of discourse concerning diseases? Just so. And does not gymnastic also treat of discourse concerning the good or evil condition of the body? Very true. And the same, Gorgias, is true of the other arts. All of them treat of discourse concerning the subjects with which they severally have to do. Clearly. Then why, if you call rhetoric the art which treats of discourse, and all the other arts treat of discourse, do you not call them arts of rhetoric? Because, Socrates, the knowledge of the other arts has only to do with some sort of external action, as of the hand. But there is no such action of the hand in rhetoric, which works and takes effect only through the medium of discourse. And therefore, I am justified in saying that rhetoric treats of discourse. I am not sure whether I entirely understand you, Gorgias, but I dare say I shall soon know better. Please to answer me a question. You would allow that there are arts? Yes. As to the arts generally, they are for the most part concerned with doing, and require little or no speaking. In painting and statuary, and many other arts, the work may proceed in silence. And of such arts, I suppose you would say, they do not come within the province of rhetoric. You perfectly conceive my meaning, Socrates. But there are other arts which work wholly through the medium of language, replied Socrates, and require either no action or very little, as, for example, the arts of arithmetic, of calculation, of geometry, and of playing draughts. In some of these, speech is pretty nearly coextensive with action, but in most of them, the verbal element is greater. They depend wholly on words for their efficacy and power, and I take your meaning to be that rhetoric is an art of this latter sort? Exactly. And yet, I do not believe that you really mean to call any of these arts rhetoric, although the precise expression which you used was that rhetoric is an art which works and takes effect only through the medium of discourse. And an adversary who wished to be captious might say, And so, Gorgias, you call arithmetic rhetoric. But I do not think that you really call arithmetic rhetoric any more than geometry would be so called by you. You are quite right, Socrates, in your apprehension of my meaning. Well, then, let me now have the rest of my answer. Seeing that rhetoric is one of those arts which works mainly by the use of words, and there are other arts which also use words, tell me what is that quality in words with which rhetoric is concerned. Suppose that a person asks me about some of the arts which I was mentioning just now. He might say, Socrates, what is arithmetic? And I should reply to him, as you replied to me, 
that arithmetic is one of those arts which take effect through words. And then he would proceed to ask, words about what? And I should reply, words about odd and even numbers, and how many there are of each. And if he asked again, what is the art of calculation? I should say, that also is one of the arts which is concerned wholly with words. And if he further said, concerned with what? I should say, like the clerks in the assembly, as aforesaid of arithmetic, but with a difference. The difference being that the art of calculation considers not only the quantities of odd and even numbers, but also their numerical relations to themselves and to one another. And suppose, again, I were to say that astronomy is only words. He would ask, words about what, Socrates? And I should answer that astronomy tells us about the motions of the stars and sun and moon and their relative swiftness. You would be quite right, Socrates, replied Gorgias. And now let us have from you, Gorgias, the truth about rhetoric, which you would admit, would you not, to be one of those arts which act always and fulfill all their ends through the medium of words? True. Words which do what, I should ask? To what class of things do the words which rhetoric uses relate? To the greatest, Socrates, and the best of human things. That, again, Gorgias, is ambiguous. I am still in the dark. For which are the greatest and best of human things? I dare say that you have heard men singing at feasts the old drinking song in which the singers enumerate the goods of life. First health, beauty next. Thirdly, as the writer of the song says, wealth honestly obtained. Yes, I know the song. But what is your drift? I mean to say that the producers of those things which the author of the song praises, that is to say, the physician, the trainer, the money-maker, will at once come to you, and first the physician will say, O Socrates, Gorgias is deceiving you. For my art is concerned with the greatest good of men, and not his. And when I ask, Who are you? he will reply, I am a physician. What do you mean? I shall say. Do you mean that your art produces the greatest good? Certainly, he will answer. For is not health the greatest good? What greater good can men have, Socrates? And after him, the trainer will come and say, I, too, Socrates, should be greatly surprised if Gorgias can show more good of his art than I can show of mine. To him again I shall say, Who are you, honest friend, and what is your business? I am a trainer, he will reply, and my business is to make men beautiful and strong in body. When I have done with the trainer, there arrives the money-maker, and he, as I expect, will utterly despise them all. Consider, Socrates, he will say, whether Gorgias or anyone else can produce any greater good than wealth. Well, you and I say to him, And are you a creator of wealth? Yes, he replies. And who are you? A money-maker. And do you consider wealth to be the greatest good of man? Of course, will be his reply. And we shall rejoin, Yes, but our friend Gorgias contends that his art produces a greater good than yours. And then he will be sure to go on and ask, What good? Let Gorgias answer. Now, 
I want you, Gorgias, to imagine that this question is asked of you by them and by me. What is that which, as you say, is the greatest good of man, and of which you are the creator? Answer us. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.